What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Geeking Poetic Podcast. Woo! 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 <laughs> We're all riled up. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Down the hall, across the street, waving at me down there. He's my pal. He's my neighbor. It is none other than... Vito. And then we've got the ultra-sticky... Super sticky glue that holds us all together, me and you. It is none other than <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I always, you are the glue, though. I mean, this is why you're in the middle. Oh, you know, you're the stuck in the middle with you, too. You are the Twinkie <laughs> filling, you know. I'm the goo. Yeah, you're that white crap they, they shoot into the middle of the Twinkie. To make it good so it's not just weird kind of Mush. banal orange like sponge, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we are Geeking Poetic Podcast and we are back with another one of our top five lists. We've done all kinds of top five lists, man. We've we've covered all sorts of ground, done sci-fi and Action heroes and horror movies, and superheroes, all sorts of stuff. But we decided to do something a little bit different and something that I think does not get focused on nearly enough because it's such an important part of the movie going experience. And that is movie soundtracks <laughs> slash scores. Yes, exactly. Soundtracks and scores. Now. Let's explain. I, I'm sure you all probably know what a, the difference is, but Vito, what is the difference here? To me, a soundtrack is just a collection of songs that could be by different artists that mm -hmm. just are inside the movie to add a mood or an experience, whereas a score is like the theme of the movie to me. And usually done like by an orchestra yeah. or by synthesizers or, or something like that. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, for this... We're kind of doing both. Mash up. Yeah, we're going to kind of mash it up because we we debated about whether we should just do scores or we should just do original soundtracks or, you know, musicals, blah, blah, blah. We decided we're just going to pick whatever we think are the the background music, whatever you want to call it, that matters the most to us what our favorites are the ones that really make the movie yes and that the movie wouldn't be the same without absolutely now i imposed a little um restriction on myself because i love soundtracks i love scores and i love musicals i love tons of musicals and when i was trying to narrow this down to five it was still really hard but if I included musicals, it just never would have got done. Asking the impossible of you? It was asking way too much of me because <laughs> it, to me, musicals are when you break out into song as part of the dialogue of the movie. So there would be some, like, um, like something like Grease or The Wizard of Oz or, you know, Oklahoma or Xanadu, you know, don't talk shit about Xanadu, man. <laughs> I like Xanadu, but anything like that where they break out into song as a means of telling the story, I I was like, okay, that's a musical. I have to leave that out. So I ended up leaving out all sorts of fucking all-time favorites of mine, <laughs> but it was the only way I could get to the end product. So it can have musical performances, and it could be a, it could be a movie about music, 
but I just couldn't do anything that I considered like musical Broadway musical type yeah. stuff. So I omitted that. Now you, I did <clears throat> not do that. I added <laughs> musicals to mine because I I couldn't not include them. So. You had the opposite problem. Yeah. If you didn't include them, you were like, well, fuck, that's yeah. so. Much. I, I can't not. I, they have to be there. Right. It's the first ones that popped in my head. They they have to be there. Right. And then Vito, you kind of leaned more towards scores and stuff, right? Yeah. You're more a fan of like the big score because I Bostic totally fantastic <laughs> orchestration. Yeah. Any yeah. any movie that scored by the uh, the reggae rapper Shaggy, yeah, you, you're, for sure. They yeah. could to, it could make up all five of yours, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I I doubt it. And we got his done <laughs> and done. Um, another thing that we did was we asked a bunch of you out there, the viewers, uh, what you thought were the best ones and what your favorites were and we got all kinds of responses man like it was great i was it's a lot of enthusiasm from you all about it and that was great but wow yeah that was a lot of movies <laughs> it was a lot because and it and it it was like a double-edged sword for me because on one hand <laughs> you know where i'm going yeah. right on one hand i was like oh this is great and then on the other hand they were bringing up ones i was like oh shit <laughs> like I got to include that one in my list, but I already have my list. And, you know, so I also enjoy that there were some movies in there that I didn't know. Oh, OK. And now I may have to go check out. Right. Or you so. didn't realize they had significant soundtracks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like the Ninth Gate. And the stuff Ninth like Gate. That. You guys were talking about that. I was like, that sounds really good. How have I not seen <laughs> this? I need to go see this now. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always learning. Yeah. But uh, Megan, I think you compiled... I did. I went and I typed every single one of them down <laughs> and I did a tally. Now, we can't list everything. So unfortunately, some of the ones you guys mentioned are just going to get left out because it literally would be like a top 50 or more list. Yeah, there, it was insane how many there were. <laughs> right. But you did get down to the top five, right? Um, top three. Top three. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going three, two, one. <laughs> what, uh, what were the winners? Uh, number three came in with Purple Rain. Yeah. That's an amazing veto. It's just like, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Come on, Come man. on, dude. It's an amazing soundtrack. Amazing. And I never saw the movie, so I couldn't tell you. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Even if you're not a Prince fan, no. it's still a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Mm -hmm. really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Here's Here's a little <laughs> bit of trivia for you. That movie was what made me a Prince fan. Okay. Because I heard I was familiar with Prince before that because he had already had out like 1999 and Little Red Corvette and all those kind of songs. And I, I, I liked him okay, you know, but I was just like, eh, I didn't know anything about him. I, eh, he was just another pop dude, you know. And then I saw that. I watched that movie when it came out just kind of on a whim. I was like, yeah, okay, everybody's talking about it. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit this dude is awesome. Like, this is really cool. And the whole like dichotomy of how more stay in the time we're competing with Prince and all the Prince's, you know, personal issues and family stuff that factored into stuff. And, and half of it is kind of made up for the movie, mm -hmm. but a lot of it is based on truth too, you know, like, so it's kind of a mix of fantasy and reality. One of these days, man, maybe if you get bored, you're in the right place in time, you ought to watch it. Because yeah. even if you're not necessarily like into the music so much or you're indifferent to it, it's a really good story. It gets pretty intense at times and stuff. Mm -hmm. So 
Anyway, yeah, that's good on you guys. That that would have been one of my honorable mentions. It didn't make it into my five. So, awesome. What was number two? Number two is actually one of my honorable mentions. Okay. And it is Pulp Fiction. That's a really good fucking soundtrack. soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a hard time knocking that one out, but it had to be an honorable mention. Now, have you seen Pulp Fiction? Once. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, you at least liked it, right? Yeah, it was good. Okay. I like Reservoir Dogs a lot better, but that made the list. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. Reservoir I, I think Dogs. I got a couple of votes actually. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be one of the number fours. Okay, I got enough votes for number four with mm. a slew of other ones. Yeah, I mean the thing about Tarantino films is that the soundtrack for every Tarantino film is extremely important. Mm. It is he is one of those directors that very consciously is careful about what songs he puts for what scenes and everything martin scorsese yes very much so very much like like a more i guess our generation's scorsese Yeah. yeah um so i mean for me almost any tarantino movie could be up there there, you Mm -hmm. know kill bill uh, uh, jackie brown all all of those movies so yeah i that's a good call Tarantino at number two, fair enough. So yep. what made number one? What did you people vote as the number one soundtrack? Number one, by one vote, oh. was The Crow. That surprised me. Yeah. Not because it's a bad soundtrack. It's actually a really fucking good, like quintessential 90s soundtrack. Because it's got... Thrill Kill Cult, I think Nine Inch Nails, Pantera, The Cure, like it's, it's got some amazing songs on there. And a lot of those songs were only available in that soundtrack, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I can't hear that Cure song burn. I can't hear that without seeing the that scene movie. in my, in, in my head when of him, you know, putting the makeup on and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I just would not have called it that that would be number one as great as so many people think that's their number one well pick that's a demographic thing (laughs) you know even though i mean it could technically be my demographic too because i was only 21 when that movie came out so i mean it definitely fits you it could suit me but i definitely think that's more of a 90s kids thing Mm -hmm. you know i could see people more your age and stuff like that being like that was the soundtrack for me so that's pretty cool man yeah good choices guys yeah Yeah. there was a bunch of other ones if anybody's interested in seeing what the other ones are you can go into the geeking squad group on facebook and there's a thread in there that has all that and maybe we'll tally it all up and we'll We'll put, it out there. put the final results of everything from number one down to 50 or whatever. <laughs> Maybe we'll put it in there for you guys, for you to see and uh, debate about it. So with that, I think it's time to get into our top five lists. Yeah, let's do this before I change my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> We've all, well, I don't know about Vito, but I know Meg and I have been going back and forth and moving things around. And it, I, it, This is a rough one. This was really hard for me. Because there's so many great soundtracks and ones and and scores and everything that are so integral to the movie mm-hmm. for me that I mean as it is I yeah I put five my top five and then I have 
at least three honorable <laughs> mentions, and I, I originally had like seven honorable mentions, <laughs> and I narrowed it's it so down. so easy to do. I know. I narrowed it down, but I'm like, eh, certain ones might get mentioned anyway along the way. Along the way, but, yeah. Uh, we'll go around five. We'll do our fives and four, three, two, one. We'll, we'll just talk about them. Yeah, and then we'll blast the fuck off. <laughs> but as usual, we usually start with Vito. So Vito, why don't you tell us your number five? So mine is actually Predator... Mm. Score by Alan Silvestri. Okay, now, so the is, original. This is Predator. Um, was eighty seven? Eighty seven? Eighty six? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So this dude, the first time I heard this as a kid, it just stuck in my head that that's like so fucking metal, dude. Like you can just picture down tune guitars playing that riff. There's these weird like bong. I think they're bongos. Like this weird shit going on that just it's like it's almost like. Horrific! It gives me goosebumps whenever I hear it. It's very unsettling, and that's what it know? should be. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a perfect example of of a, a score or soundtrack that that does its job, man. Yeah. Like it when it gives you that feeling, and it's not just visual. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that Vito. So much of his songwriting as a metal musician <laughs> is based on movie scores, man. Because there's so many. Because you're you always thinking rhythmic stuff, you know. It's like it's always like things, and it's like, dude, that's a badass riff. And he's like, yeah, I got it from this movie. <laughs> it's never like, oh, I got it from Metallica or I got it from Slayer or something. It's like, no, I got it from watching Predator. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's great. It works for I, you. Yeah, I think that's great. And it reminds you of something like Septic Flesh would do off their Communion album. Well, sure. You know, it's just it's so like powerful and. It just fits the movie so well. I don't know. I love it, man. Yeah, that's a that's a really good choice. I love the music in the Predator movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. And mm-hmm. it's not a sequel. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I know, right? True. Although Predator Two does have some cool shit. It, in it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think <laughs> we'll be here all night though. If I'm <laughs> I think you got to <laughs> give it up to Predator Two because that has a great yeah. score as well, man. So both of them. We'll kind of fudge it and let, we'll let them both sort yeah. of be in there. Slide in there. <laughs> I, I've got something like that in my list, as too. As do I. So. Okay. Nice. All right. Megan, what's your number five? My number five. I'm sorry, Vito. I had to go with Twister. Yep. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> and the soundtrack is part of why I love that okay. movie. I mean, it's got Van Halen. It's got the Goo Goo Dolls. It's yep. got Stevie Nicks. Yep. It's, I mean, it's got so Deep many purple. great, yeah, so many great musicians and sound uh, soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And it, it's amazing. And part of why I love it is because you're in this little two hour period of watching this hour and a half, however long it is. Um, I'm too engrossed in the movie to know how long it is. <laughs> um, to really get to know all these characters that are in this movie. Yeah, because there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of people the, in all, here. All of the, the tornado. The crew. And, yeah, chasers. Yeah. yeah, and I love how they take the music, like when they take off from the restaurant and you go through each car and they're playing it through the radio systems of all the other cars, but each person is playing their own music and I you kind of learn who they are through what they're playing. Gotcha, that's cool. And then it all kind of mashes up in this one badass song in the over the radio. 
I don't know. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's because like the one guy is like listening to Deep Purple, Child in Time with the da 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 da. But then like the other ones are listening to classical music, and they put it on. And then like another one's like listening to singing Oklahoma, right? Like country stuff. And then the way they kind of mash it up, and it's just like it it yeah, it does explain who that group of people are. Because there's not it's enough really time cool. to have the ex- exposition about each character. Oh, that's a cool way of doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah, when you were talking about that to me, I was like, absolutely. Yeah, that's like, that's, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so it's, the music, just like that, it intertwines and it, it's par- it makes the movie. It's so integral to what makes that movie work. And it has one of my favorite Van Hagar, like they call him Van Hagar, because it's Sammy Hagar era, era Van Halen, has one of my favorite Van Halen, Van Hagar songs in Humans Being. Oh, God, yes. That song's just... Fucking love that song. Heavy, like heavy for Van Halen. But it's got this like super heavy, urgent verse with this downbeat and everything. And then when it like opens up to the chorus, it's got the big anthemic major key sounding chorus and everything and it, it, it like it really does suit that movie really well it really well. does yeah i'm and when i when i hear that song i think this movie yeah i'm kind of surprised this is only number 5 for you dude this started at number 1 <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest and it, it made it down to number 5 cuz yeah it, this is really rough <laughs> yeah that's a big slide man yeah. to go from 1 to 5 first to last like oof that was a tough call. It was not easy. I'm still not for sure I did the right thing. <laughs> well, at least it's on the it's, list. It's in here somewhere. Yeah. I mean, everything on here from like on my list, it's like I love them all almost equally, but there had to be some kind of order, you know, for various reasons. So, if- yeah, the reason I, I made it number five, it went down from number one to number five was that I was listening to the soundtrack again. And there were some songs on there that I wouldn't necessarily put with this movie automatically. There's a couple, but not every song. Some were it could like be with something else okay. or somewhere else in another movie. Sure. Or I wouldn't immediately think, oh, that's off Twister. So Com- that's what made it go down to number five. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, because I looked at certain ones I was considering and I thought the same thing where I was like, I love all these songs. I love this soundtrack, but like if I switched out this song with this with another song, like would it make that major of a difference? And in some cases it didn't. Like for example, a soundtrack that didn't make my list that almost that basically would be like an honorable mention is Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. Love that soundtrack. And I feel like those songs are pretty important to that movie. The first scene of the movie, like I can't picture that movie not starting with Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith with them driving the car slowly, <laughs> Wooderson driving his car through the, the parking lot and everything. But like in reality, if I had to, there's other songs I could have swapped out and there's certain songs that I think they're great songs, but they didn't necessarily have to be that, that song, song. Yeah, you know, so. It got bumped, you know, but mm-hmm. but dazed and confused is a good one. I think that got mentioned a couple times in mm-hmm. in yeah, uh, I think it did. the At least vi- once. the viewer lists and stuff. All right, well, the one that did make number five for me, and I know you guys aren't really familiar with this one, but it would be a movie that was done in seventy nine, eighty. I think the soundtrack came out in eighty. It is an Alan Arkish movie known as Rock and Roll High School, 
And it's a movie that starred PJ Souls, who you might know from Halloween and Stripes. And she was in a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. like that. She played Riff Randall. It had Vince Van Patten, who most of you would probably know from watching uh, poker, uh, the World Poker Tour stuff, because he's one of the hosts (laughs) on there. But he plays a young, uh, goofy, airheaded quarterback guy. But the main feature of Rock and Roll High School is the band that everybody's infatuated, well, especially Riff Randall's infatuated with and kind of what the movie centers around her trying to get to see them and get to meet them. And she wants to give them songs that she wrote for them and everything, but she's just this high school girl. And the band is the motherfucking Ramones. (laughs) One of the best bands, the most, one of the most important bands in all of rock and roll history. Vito, I don't, 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 don't make it. Don't make a noise. No mouth noises. <laughs> I don't want to hear a sound. One of the most important bands to ever exist, whether you're into that music or not. They they influenced so many people and a lot of the ones you like. So <laughs> shush. <laughs> um, but for me, I saw this movie when it was pretty new. I didn't see it at the theater or anything. I was only seven. But shortly thereafter, by like 81 or late 80, 80, early 81, I think it was early 81, it came on pay television, not cable television, pay television. That's how much I'm dating myself right now. (laughs) This was before I had cable. We had uh, we had a pay television service called uh, Spectrum and which later than I it was on TV. It was called ON TV. But. It came on and I just, it was like a Saturday morning or something. I got up and I, for whatever reason, I wasn't interested in whatever cartoons were on that day or whatever. And I turned it on and I caught the very beginning of it, all like right around the beginning. And then it launched into her turning on the stereo and Sheena is a punk rocker by the Ramones came on, which I'd never heard before. And it had this sound to it and everybody got up and started dancing. There was all this anarchy in the school and stuff. And I was just like, whoa, what is this? You know, it was, it was just so new to me because I was into Cheap Trick and Kiss and Alice Cooper and stuff, but this was just something else. And and I thought Riff Randall was fucking hot. Even though I was eight years old, it was like, I was, I was, I, I was way into girls. Don't, don't, you know, I wasn't one of those boys that was like, girls are icky. I told everybody that, but inside I was like, girls, oh, those girls, girls are fine. <laughs> girls. I've been, I've been a romantic since I was like three years old. But anyway, so I thought, so then I watched this movie and not only is the Ramon stuff in it great, but th- all the other songs they used for the movie, it, like they have Smoking in the Boys Room is in it, not mm-hmm. the crew version, the original yeah. version of it. And it sets a scene perfectly for what happens there. School's Out by Alice Cooper is in it. And of course, I was already into Alice Cooper, so I was like, <gasps> I was all excited <laughs> that they used an Alice Cooper song. And there's, and then I learned all sorts of other stuff. Devo was in it. Um Paul McCartney's in it. There was Fleetwood Mac was it. There was all this like different music in there and it opened up like a whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> no uh. no musicals are on here. <laughs> nope, nope, not doing no not doing Aladdin. But it opened up a whole new musical world for me because I went and I got that soundtrack and it was just like, well, who's Nick Lowe? Who's Devo? Who's, you know, Brian Eno, like all this stuff. And then I learned all this. And that was such a big gateway for me into all the other kinds of music that I now are like part of my DNA. 
I had to put it in my top five. You know, just it's only down at number five, but I had to put it in there because of that. Because I would not be who I am if it wasn't for rock and roll high school. Like literally, as much as I could say, kiss and you know other things. Like rock and roll high school was literally the first time that I went. You know, I would like to be in a band. (laughs) Seriously. And it was only a few months later that I started taking guitar lessons. And, well, here you are. Here you are. And it was because of that. You know, as much as I loved Kiss and Alice Cooper, I never imagined being them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I idolized them like superheroes. But I never thought, well, I'm going to go play guitar like Ace Frehley. Or I'm going to go play guitar. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you hear this shit? Dude, <laughs> I'll have you know I do play guitar like Ace Freely, fortunately or unfortunately. Man, that's why it's got to be number five because Rock and Roll High School is responsible for who I am. So, Vito, you're number four. Total Recall, which is fucking awesome. Yes, yeah, good by choice. the man Jerry Goldsmith. So this soundtrack just holds this movie together. You don't know if this movie is a dream or reality, and the soundtrack kind of gives you that with the themes, the instrument he uses. It's just perfect. Right. Yeah. It has, to explain a little more, It's it's got elements to it that is like an underlying theme of like, not dreaminess, but like some kind of atmosphere to it that just gives you this sort of subconscious feeling like, What's real, what's not real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, are we hearing right now? Like, is this actually, are we seeing right now, is this actually real or is this, like, all bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Now, are you a big fan of Jerry's soundtracks in general and stuff? Star Trek Voyager. Oh, there you go. He did the theme for Voyager, baby. <laughs> he did Capricorn 1, if I remember correctly, which I love that movie, and I, I thought the so. soundtrack was really good on that. Yeah. Um, I'm... Drawing a blank on the other one. No, he's I know, I know, I know he's done. Other he did ones. some Star Trek stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, he does. Other great. than Voyager, but right. the original series. Yeah, he <laughs> does great stuff, man. No, I mean that the soundtrack for that movie that is definitely an example. I like when scores are integral to not only just sounding cool or fitting the mood, but where they actually are helping to sort of support the movie yeah like sort of like i i always say this and i'll get into this when i get into certain ones in my list when the soundtrack is almost in its own way like a character Mm -hmm. in the movie and i think in total recall that definitely holds true because it's like the soundtrack without having any words it's like it's subtly giving you these cues and this atmosphere and this stuff to sort of like let you know like don't totally trust what you're seeing here or, you, you know, question this or it's like, yeah, it, it's sort of I don't think that movie would have translated as well with as wacky as it is. Right. With how that is of like, what, OK, is, is, are we real? Is this is this person real? Is this part of like the, the dream lucid dream that's being made? I don't think it would have translated as well if that soundtrack wouldn't have been. Yeah, if you put like a Predator soundtrack on there, it'd be just a dumb action film, right? When it's not, you're supposed to be thinking about what's going on, what are these characters doing, is this really real, and you know, trying to figure that out. Right. The soundtrack just adds that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, so to me, that that 
that's a good good call. Yeah, I'm not saying Predator's a dumb action film. I'm just, saying, <laughs> just saying, you know. That's right. not what we're going for right. here. <laughs> no, that's that's a good call. And I think that as awesome as the soundtrack for Predator is, I think I agree with you of putting this one step higher because I think that this one even more so is so integral to the mood and the movement of the storyline and yeah. stuff. So. I support you. I got All your right. back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan, you're number four. My number four, I went with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, putting them together one and two. Okay. I love them both. But if I had to pick one, I would go, I'm going to be Vito for a minute. I'm going to go with the sequel and go with number two. Well, you know, I'm not going to fight you on that one. Yeah, that's a great fucking It's soundtrack. a really, really great soundtrack. Every song. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfectly. I've said, I know I said it when we talked about this movie when we did our Marvel top five, but that's one of those movies where I don't think the songs, kind of like what we were talking about with number fives and stuff, I don't think you probably could swap out songs. Probably. But I can't picture those songs now without that movie. Without that movie. Exactly. Yeah, you, Mr. Big Sky. Wait, yeah. You see Mr. Groot dancing you, around. You got to see like little Groot. Yeah, you got to see him like Love dancing it. around to that while the, all the battles going on. He's just oblivious <laughs> to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Brandy and Lakeshore Drive. And man, how fucking, fucking excited song. I was that they used Lakeshore Drive, the song. Do you know that song? <sighs> Running south on Lakeshore Drive, headed into town. Slipping on by on LSD, Friday night trouble bound. Ding a ding a ding a ding a ding ding. No, couldn't tell you. Oh my god! Oh my god! Such a good it's song. a hometown song. We're in Chicago. <laughs> it's one of the best songs that's ever been written about our hometown, man. It's such a good song, and the way they use it—that kind of wistful feeling—they they use it for the, that scene. Yeah, this is an example of where the songs are so integral to the storytelling. And Brandy, I mean, that that's Yeah, I can't extreme. picture that without them driving in the car. And it becomes, I mean, he even, uh, Peter's, Quill's dad, even uses the lyrics of that song then later as explaining why he had to leave Earth and why he had to leave mm-hmm. Peter and all that stuff. Like, that song has to be in that movie and the way they tied it in. And then using the Cat Stevens song, uh, the father to son one and everything. And that, I mean, that's the whole theme of the whole movie yeah. <laughs> with Yandu and then with with uh, Ego, the living planet, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Fucking awesome call. And I'm yes. so glad you put Love it on your list because I didn't put it on mine. No. Wow. OK. That's OK. <sighs> Squad's got my back. It was on their list. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I think it was another number four. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, okay, I could see why that one would rank higher than Twister. As great as Twister is, it's yeah, fucking awesome, Vito. this one just Vito. has so, it is. <laughs> Vito hates Twister. <laughs> if, you people, if you people haven't gleaned that yet, Vito just, he just hates I us, just, it's not like I, I think he's going to hate everything in my list, it's actually. Not I, it's not that I hate it, I just, I don't get the appeal of it, I guess. Because I'm not like into weather and stuff, and to me that's just like one of those movies that's just about weather and nothing else, you know? It, Where it might not be, I just It's not, I just it's about that. the people. I don't care about people. Man, All right, I'll give you that too. It's but. like, man, I don't fucking like people. It's about the music. 
sucks. But yeah, I still don't get you, do I? Yeah, you're never <laughs> going to win him over on that one. You're never going to win him over okay, on I'll that one. I'll keep trying. Because <laughs> he's not into Guardians either. Mm. <sighs> well, you haven't watched it yet, though. No, I did watch one and two um, a few months ago. Okay. Oh. Or the start of the year. I forgot what. Okay, yeah, yeah. and? Um, I mean, they were cool. The music stuff I didn't care about, but um, they were fun, I guess, you know? They're still too goofy for me. No. They're definitely at the bottom of my Marvel oh. movies, you know? All right. Well, I'm going home. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Moving on to number four. <laughs> my number four. Um, some people probably be kind of surprised that this wouldn't rank higher, given what it is and, you know, the impact of it. And I'll, but I'll explain. My number four, and this is where I'm kind of sort of lumping everything in here because so much of the score gets used, the same score gets used throughout all three movies, but it is the Star Wars original trilogy uh, scored by composed and scored by John Williams from 77 through 83. Um, I had to make your list. I, you know, I, it actually went four. Yeah. I mean, it actually, at times it wasn't on my list. Wow. Really? Um, I had other ones and I'll, that I'll get to later that I felt maybe, could be in there more so than Star Wars. But when I really was honest with myself, I said, no, it's it's got to be Star Wars. Because I still, to this day, when when we went just this last December or whatever, when we went and saw Rise of Skywalker, and we wait for that you know the movie to start, and it just starts with that, Ba-da-da! like, mm-hmm. I mean, that feeling you get, I mean, it's like, you're like, this is fucking Star Wars, man. <laughs> like, it... <laughs> It's just it's just one of those things that like that music is so integral again because I saw Star Wars when I was four years old when it came out. It's so integral to my life. It you know, I, I feel like that music is a part of me. And furthermore, I mean, let's face it, as great as Star Wars is, Star Wars wouldn't be what it is any anywhere close to what it is without that music even george lucas himself said when he watched the you know early cuts that didn't have any soundtrack in it when he watched early cuts and stuff he and other people working on the movie kind of went uh oh <laughs> oh no like this this isn't translating well like wow. it's feel it's falling kind of flat it's feeling some of the action scenes different things it's just feeling very nah. and it didn't have that big Things. So then when he was waiting for John to finish his score, when John came in and they placed the score and the rough cut and everything, then he went, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, there we go. And it just made everything different. And I firmly believe as great as the story is, as great as the acting is, as great as the special effects are and the characters, I firmly believe that if that movie would have just had some other kind of generic sci-fi score like you saw in you know battle beyond the stars or some other you know bullshit Mm -hmm. you know from back then if it would have had some generic score that movie would not have been a success and at least not as much of a success it just wouldn't have i mean that's a big that's a big thing to say it's fucking star wars but that music is so fucking important i mean you guys weren't around so you wouldn't even remember but they even made like remixes for different formats to be able to be played on the radio of the Star Wars theme song. There was like the disc, the disco 
version. You know, and the and the cantina music. Where they had like this like uh, bass and uh, bass and drum like disco beat over it. It was but look it up, people. It was done. It was done. It was done by an artist or group, a group called Meco M E C O. It's it's out there. It was like a top ten hit. Like they did that. There was rock versions of even now. There are bands right now that do like gent death oh. metal versions of the Star Wars soundtrack. What's that headband? What were they called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anchorhead. Anchorhead, yeah. And Galactic Empire. Yeah. There's bands that go, I mean, <laughs> this is not your average soundtrack score here, folks. Like, you don't see that for, you know, Oklahoma mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> Like so, it had to make. Sorry, money. Megan. Right? Jeez, I felt attacked. I love Oklahoma. That I love sounds, Oklahoma too. I, yeah, Fuck but, you. The metal community, not so much though. They just, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it is about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, West Side Story. Yeah, yeah maybe a little, little bit. You know, sharks and jets, sharks and jets. Like that could be a good one, right? <laughs> right. Alice Cooper actually did a he did a Gutter Cats versus the Jets on, oh, on the School's Out album. Nice. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Yeah, so metal people have actually covered West Side Story. Oklahoma, nope. <laughs> they could. It just leaves room for more creativity to make I, it your yeah. own. Well, maybe maybe I'll do it someday. Okay. No, you're not. Shut up. All right, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> all right, moving on to number three. All right, Vito, what is your number three? That would be Batman. 89? Fuck nice. yeah. By Danny Elfman. Talked a bit about that lately. <laughs> yeah. It was also on the squad list. Nice. It would have been on number five spot. Okay. Yeah, so this had to have been my first introduction to Danny Elfman. Mm. Yeah. And I the, the Batman theme that he did was just, how epic is that, man? Just so good. Um, I did like the Prince songs in the movie. I think it works. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay, but <laughs> my God, the score itself. You got as close as you're going to get on that one. <laughs> Jesus, man. Anyway, I just love how Danny Elfman like constructs his music, the instruments he uses, and the way he like ramps the energy up at the last end of the measure, and then he kind of brings it down, kind of right. mellow, and he ramps it back up again. Yeah, he does. Do it's that. very Elfman-y. <laughs> it's very, very elfy. It's quite elfy of it. Yeah, I mean. You know, there there have been different people that have scored Batman stuff over the years to varying degrees of success, but I think that he made such he a definitive it. version. That's number one. Yeah, and he brought Batman to a more serious role. I think the soundtrack helps a lot of that, you know? If it was like the 66 soundtrack or some no. other, it wouldn't have worked at all, you know? Or if it would have been too dark. Yeah. yeah. No, he he made like the perfect comic book movie soundtrack for it. It had this and it had this like old timey kind of feel to it in a way like it felt like it was from another age, but it didn't feel dated. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah, we just talked a whole bunch about Batman just this past month and everything. So it's fresh on our brains right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'd rank that one higher than Total Recall. I yeah, I'd have to because I mean, you just look at Batman and you hear that music yeah. in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You just look at him like turn around, you hear that, dun, 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 like you just hear yeah. that. So I, that's a good one. All right. Yeah. Okay. Batman eighty nine. So far. Yeah. 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 Nothing too bad. We love his. We're like, yeah, here's and yeah, we're, we're mentioning like, stuff. Like, and Vito's like. like, 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 like <laughs> You guys are fucking scrubs, man. 
That's okay. I'm about to make it a whole lot worse. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Megan? <laughs> I'm way out on the limb all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what is, your, what is your number three here? I went with a little movie, blockbuster movie called Dirty Dancing. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You. I told you. Now, here's the thing. Before you even explain it. Okay. In theory... I should love this because I love 60s music mm -hmm. and, you know, I love things like Grease and all that kind of stuff. But there was just something about this movie that I, I don't know. I don't know what it is because I don't. Is the one with Swayze in it? it is. Yeah. And Jennifer Grey. Who, and I like Ooh, both of them. them. I like both of them quite a bit. But there was just something about this movie. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was that fucking. You know what sold it for me? <laughs> The first time I saw this movie, I was not at the right age. I, it was like the last thing I wanted to see. And my parents were really into <laughs> it. And when it got to that scene of Baby's sister singing that fucking hula <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like fucking nails on a chalkboard. And okay, it minus that one it song. It felt like it went on for hours. It does, yes. And I was just like... Because even while they're like talking about other stuff in the foreground, she's still fucking singing it in the background. And I'm like, <laughs> someone shut that woman up. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, and, and it just, as far as the 60s music, I don't hate the songs in that movie, but those are not some of my more favorite ones. You know what I mean? I so I think if they would have used more favorite ones of mine, I might have been more favorable of towards it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go and explain why so do you love it. So the reason I chose Dirty Dancing yeah. is because when I saw it, yeah. I was very young. Too young to really understand what the movie was really all about. Yeah, I was just going to say, you must have been real clueless about the whole thing about the abortion. The abortion and, <laughs> and yeah, all that. No fucking clue. Right. The, the infidelity and, you know, yeah. no fucking clue. Any of that. I was too young. Patrick Swayze was real fucking hot. I knew that That's much. what she signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Jennifer Grey. Yeah. I loved her her hair. I just I just loved her. And I loved the dancing aspect of it because I was I was like always watching the dancing right. shows and stuff yeah. when I was younger. And for me, that 60s music and stuff like that, that was an introduction for me. Fair enough. And I loved it. That's awesome. So that is why that is in number three spot. Well, and I don't, I don't dislike the songs in that movie, like "Do You Love Me" and and all that kind of stuff, and "You're the Baby, You're the One," and all those things. Like, there's great songs in that movie. It's just not the ones that like hook me. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas, like with Guardians Two, those particular songs they chose, I was like, I fucking love this song. And then they start playing "My Sweet Lord," and I'm like, Oh, oh my god, that's one of my all time favorites. And Lakeshore Drive, and all. so it, it, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it made me love the movie more. Whereas I didn't have that happen with "Dirty Dancing," but the dancing in that movie is amazing. Loved it. It's, it's choreographed mm -hmm. amazingly. Did you ever watch the? Um, I'm a sucker for dancing movies. <laughs> I, I I am too, to some degree. <laughs> to some degree, I love Breaking and Breaking Two, Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. <laughs> I love all of that. Beach Street, you know, Xanadu, Can't Stop the Music. I even like Can't Stop the Music, starring the Village People. All right, 
Now, I granted, it's because I saw it when I was like six or seven years old. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. But yeah, I love dancing movies and stuff. I thought the dancing in this movie is great. I was starting to say, did you ever see the special on Netflix uh, where they talked all about the making of Dirty Dancing? I'm sorry, what? What? There's a what? Are you not following me? No, I'm following you. I didn't know what this... I have no idea what you're talking about, oh, though. Okay. I need I to know more. Megan's packing up her computer right now. She's <laughs> like, guys, come on, we gotta go. Like, it's Netflix, and it's called what? Yeah, I forget. It's like the movies that made us or something like that, and it's like an hour-long documentary all about the history of the making of Dirty Dancing and like how challenging it was to just get that movie made. Like mm-hmm. It almost didn't happen. And wow. nobody believed in it other than the people who were making it. And even they were like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And that movie ended up being a fucking blockbuster hit. God. But it almost didn't happen. So, yeah, if anybody's into Dirty Dancing like Megan is and stuff, yeah, look it up on Netflix. It's it's awesome. It's really good. It actually kind of made me like the movie a little bit more. I was like, oh, I have a lot nice. more respect for it. But, yeah, that's pretty good. So that ranks higher. Yeah, it does. Wow. I guess because it was your introduction. It was introduction. an introduction, yeah. Like it's me with a, Rock and Roll like High the, School. The rest of mine are all like childhood, so they're introductions for me. That makes so sense. So that's why they're so high up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Good choice. All right. My number three is the only modern era, and I say modern era because it's still 20 years old, but <laughs> my only modern era soundtrack that made it into this. And some people that know me will be surprised this didn't rank higher. But my number three is the soundtrack for the 2000 movie by Cameron Crowe for Almost Famous. Now, Almost Famous is my favorite movie of all time, more than Star Wars. Which, like, holy fuck, you know, right? Yeah, almost famous because almost because it's my fucking life. <laughs> because this movie is the story of my life, basically. And I saw this movie at a very pivotal time in my adult life that sort of, like, put wind back in my sails when I desperately, desperately needed it um, before I met you or you. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I say I didn't meet you till like, Two thousand, very end of two thousand two, yeah, and this was from like two thousand, two thousand and one. But this soundtrack is, to me, the perfect example of taking other people's already released songs, like in Guardians or Dirty Dancing or something like that. This, to me, is the perfect example of taking other people's music and putting it into the movie and having it be so utterly important to the movie and i think a lot of it is because cameron crow wrote the script of this movie based on his real life experiences when he was that young teenage reporter for rolling stone and talking to led zeppelin back in the early 70s and talking to the eagles and talking to the allman brothers and talking to bob dylan and Joni mitchell and all these people And he used bits and pieces of real life things that they told him, things he saw and experienced, and put them into this fictional movie that's pretty, pretty largely based on his real life. You know, the names have been changed to protect the innocent kind of thing, or the guilty, rather. Um, (laughs) Yeah, nobody was innocent in that movie, believe me. But he, but so it's like really cool. Like there's a scene where, just for real quick, for example, there's a scene where he's trying to interview Russell Hammond, the main guitar player in the band, played by Billy Crudup. 
he's trying desperately to get this dude to cooperate and do this fucking interview with him that he can't get him to do on this whole tour. And he kind of tells him, hey, man, turn the tape recorder off. I'll talk to you man to man, you know. And he tells him a lot of, like, little stuff about the band and problems in the band and different stuff that's, like, you know, very personal and somebody would not normally tell a reporter, you know. And in the background, they're playing Simple Man by Skinner. Mm-hmm. And if you know more about the story, because of because it's my favorite movie in the world, so I know every fucking bit of minutia about this movie, <laughs> that was based on a conversation that that Cameron had with Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner about that band and a lot of the things. And what's crazy about that is not too long after that was when the Skinner plane crash happened. Uh-huh. So a lot of that like didn't come, never came out, never came to be d- d- divisions and problems and things. It died in the crash along with the people. And it's like knowing that and, he, and, and then hearing Skinner's music behind it, it's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. That's so amazing. Like, and, Using and then of course everybody knows and they've parodied it now on commercials and stuff. The tiny dancer scene with everybody in the tour bus all breaking out singing along with the radio singing Elton John's tiny. I mean, anybody who's seen that movie and you can't hear tiny dancer without thinking of that that scene and just the way they use music. And then on top of it, you have Nancy Wilson from Heart, who was Cameron's wife at the time. She scores the music for all the musical score parts. Mm-hmm. It's all like guitar, kind of classical, acoustic, like, and it's beautiful, excellent guitar stuff. That's it's just instrumental, but it it perfectly suits the moods of when it's used. So it also then has this wonderful score, and then on top of all that, you have the uh, the six original songs written for the fictional band in the movie, Stillwater that were written by Nancy Wilson, were written by Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. who has a cameo in the movie, is a manager and everything. But And they wrote this music that was like, obviously it was written in 1999 or 98 or whatever, but it's like, it doesn't feel out of place with the old Led Zeppelin and Bob Dylan and Allman mm-hmm. Brothers songs. Like They did such an incredible job much like, and it's another one that didn't make my list, but it would be an honorable mention, much like what they did with the music for That Thing You Do. Mm, where they God, I love that movie. Fucking right. And that music that was meant to echo 1964-65 sounding, and it's all new songs, but you listen to it and you're like, fuck, that sounds exactly like, like 1965. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, played it for my mom the first time the other day. She's like, that sounds like 1960 stuff. I was like, and it's Good not. Problem. It was written in the mid nineties, <laughs> yeah. but it was it, it was done so well. So and I love those those Stillwater songs from that movie. I actually have the soundtrack. I have a limited edition version of the soundtrack on vinyl that's oh. worth like hundreds of dollars. I'll nice. never part with. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
Yeah, so going back to that theme stuff, writing stuff that should sound like an era, I mean, that's like Steel Dragon and Rockstar. Exactly. You know, they did such a great job copying that 80s hair metal sound. Exactly. You know? And the same thing, they got they got some guys involved in that that were from that era, like they got Mike uh, Matijevic from uh, Steelheart and everything to sing a lot of that stuff. I think Jeff Scott Soto was involved mm-hmm. with some of that. And those guys, you know, they're from that. And that's kind of like the same thing they did here with uh, Almost Famous, having Nancy Wilson, mm-hmm. having Peter Frampton, all that. And they really did it right. And Cameron being the director and everything and being from that era and being the kid in the movie, essentially, yeah. where, you know, his life was based around that music. He did it right. It really is, in ter- for me, in terms of that kind of that kind of soundtrack with like i said original music score music and then familiar rock and pop songs and stuff put together to me this is the best one of all time and it could have been number 1 there were times when it was number 1 on my list <laughs> but being honest with myself i said there's two others that i feel like were more impactful on mm-hmm. my life that ranked higher. So that's why Almost Famous is number three. Wow, that's, that's surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to surprise that's a few people. a big people. shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, number two. Here we go, guys. Oh, mm-hmm. we're in the big two. Uh, I'm going to go with RoboCop <laughs> by Basil <laughs> Polidorus. Well, of course. <laughs> now, you guys want to talk about fucking epic soundtrack. Yeah. It's RoboCop, dude. Dun, 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 dun. I literally can listen to this while I'm at work and just walk around like I'm a fucking man. I can totally it, see it happening. <laughs> but the trick is you got to turn like RoboCop. Once you turn the body, then the head. Then yeah. The next turn is the head first, then the body. You got to like switch it up to get it. If you do that at work... <laughs> I would be I so happy. <laughs> Vito goes walking into like goes walking into another part of the warehouse and everything, and they look at him and they're like, they're like, yo, what's up, Vito? And he goes, bitches leave. <laughs> oh man. I could just see you walking around with like the RoboCop soundtrack basically being like your daily soundtrack. Dude, it's it's just so like fucking manly. I don't know how else to describe it, dude. You just get pumped up when you listen to it. It's totally cool. understand. <laughs> totally understand. And I, it, and, yeah. yeah. And then some scenes, Basil does a lot of cool stuff where the music is very emotional with what RoboCop's doing and getting mm-hmm. blasted. And it's just very sad. And then it's just epic at some times. And then there's fun stuff with like the, the media break news section stuff. And, just it's amazing dude you can't get better than that it's awesome yeah it's even more awesome now that i know you walk around with that music <laughs> in your head all the time not that it should surprise me but it's like yeah that makes sense <laughs> it all makes sense now <laughs> and what an amazing movie too yeah. yeah it's it's interesting just real quick as an aside it's interesting how like that movie when it came out, not that it wasn't big, but it, it was kind of big and almost sort of a culty kind of way. And now 
man, people just revere fucking RoboCop like he is up on a fucking pedestal. I mean, literally, they want to build a statue out yeah. of him and shit. Especially yeah. that movie, because it's so like grounded in satire, but you didn't really get that, I think, at the time. But after a further evaluation, you kind of figure out what they're trying to say about violence and I think that movie was and, way ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Way ahead of its time. And so maybe that's why it's like people, I think, have kind of come around to it and everything. And yeah, that soundtrack was really important to that movie. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, I was real curious. Like I said, I already know what your number one is. Yeah, it's gotta but, be. It has to be. I, but it's gotta be, or my jaw is gonna just drop <laughs> right through this table. Go but I, paramedic, because he's about to pass out. But I was not sure what your number two would be. So that's okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Megan, your number two, because I don't know, I don't think I know what your number two is. Yeah, my number one and number two have flip flopped so many Uh-oh. times. I'm still like, mm, where am I going to go with this? But I think I'm going to go with number two as Greece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I don't know. I hear those songs come on the radio or you guys play them at your gigs for fun yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I do do that and sometimes. <laughs> you and Tina just bust out in yep. Greece songs. It's, it's fucking amazing i gotta tell you <laughs> again it's just one of those movies you hear these songs you think of the movie you think of the scene that it's in if you don't even like greece you know these fucking songs and you know i think i even movie. know some of those songs oh, exactly sure. that's, that's my point is Vito even is that the, you're the one that i want oh, song yes. yeah okay yeah right. summer nights yeah. Summer loving had me a blast. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yeah. all those, yeah, hopelessly I, devoted to you, Sandy. If you love this movie, you can't not sing these songs when they come on. Right. You just burst out and sing song. Well, didn't they come out years back, several years back, didn't they come out with, like, at the theater? They came out with, like, the sing-along version? I, th- I think they did. I didn't go see it. I kind of wanted to at the time because I yeah. love Grease. They came along. They came out with a sing-along version where I think they were putting, like, the words the on words the screen with the bouncy along. ball. And the audience, and, had and the audience was expected to sing-along. That would be amazing. That would, oh, my you, God, that would be so I would think cool. that would be the exact opposite. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. I bet half that crowd probably can't sing. Well, well, that's not the or point. Or sing on time. It's just like him yeah. playing at the bar, and like everybody joins in and sings it. It's amazing. It's fun. And we it's all camaraderie. Suck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if well, I'm singing, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this again. If this, I, yeah, yeah, I know this is kind of breaking your rule where it it's. T- Technically a musical. Well, this is my rule. I didn't enforce yeah. this rule it's on you guys. Me. I just said for me because there was well, no thank way. Because when we get to my number one, then <laughs> <laughs> right. When I finally <laughs> tell them about how much I love "Can't Stop the Music" with the Village People, um, you know, I get to that chorus line soundtrack. Ooh, chorus line. <laughs> Fuck. See, and that's why I couldn't do. This is why I couldn't do musicals because my top five would have been. You know, Greece, Greece 2, even. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love it. Fucking Terrible. love it. Terrible. I know everybody at home is going to be like, Larry, how can you like Greece 2? No, no, no. Dude, that's one of the best fucking songs ever. It's one of the best songs ever. Michelle Pfeiffer, Cool Rider? Are you kidding me? Is Travolta in the second one? No. 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 Nobody's in the second one? Uh, the Frenchie. Yeah. I don't know who Frenchie is. Didi Khan. With the pink hair. Nah, okay. Well, anyway. Beauty school dropout. Yeah. She's the beauty love school dropout. Love that song. Dropout. Anyway. <laughs> Grease 2, 
fucking love that movie. Yes, I know it's kind of bad. Yeah, it, I know. It's a lot of bad. It's fucking awesome. Is this why you don't like Michelle Pfeiffer? Because she did this movie? It's not that I don't like Michelle Pfeiffer. I just don't like her in this or Catwoman. Baloney. <laughs> Give me a romantic comedy and I, I'm in. Dude, listen. No. She was the she was the best pink lady of all of them, even more than Rizzo. How about that? How about Fuck them apples? That. No. How mm-hmm. about them fucking apples? You were out of your goddamn mind. Well, I'm on out of my goddamn mind about some <laughs> grease too. <laughs> that would have been those would have been on my list. That and you know a bunch of other ones would have been on my list. But yeah, I had to leave them out. But no, so I can't argue with you. To to me, I'm kind of surprised that's not number one. Yeah, I know. But once you hear number one, you're like, oh, okay, I get okay. it. All right. Yeah, but this is what, again, when I grew up on and I hear these songs, I think this movie, and you said soundtracks, first thing popped in my head. So it, I had to have it on there. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I, like, Vito, of course, Megan. doesn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I got more coming. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, my number two is another score. One actually, uh, I won't know. I won't have any more like traditional kind of like com- compilation soundtrack yeah. kind of things. My number two is a score that actually, again, some people might be like, "Wow, you put that higher than Star Wars, huh?" Yes, I did, and that is another John Williams score from another movie from 1977, known as Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That makes sense. That For you. to me is the best movie score of all time. All time. And again, I know people are going to argue with me about that. but And it's still at number two. And it's number two. Wow. Yep, number mm. two. Yep. Because here's the thing. There is, I brought it up earlier when we were talking about music being a character yeah. in a movie. You know, that if mu- music, when it acts almost like a character in a movie and stuff. To me... The music in Close Encounters is a character in the movie. I mean, the five tones, man. Like, you don't have the story without that music. And Williams came up with that, and he based so much of the score around it. I mean, there are times where you're literally just looking at, like, people... Staring up at the sky. (laughs) There's nothing going on, but you're just looking at people being slow pan of people staring up at the sky. But the fucking music that's underneath it gives you goosebumps, man. Like you're just like, oh, my God, like it's coming. We've been waiting for two hours for these aliens and like and everybody's staring at the sky. We haven't seen them yet. We have. And it's like and your hairs just stand up when they're trying to Roy and uh, Jillian are trying to get up the the. Uh, devil's tower and everything to get away from the them trying to dust them with the sleeping stuff or whatever the hell it was and that the tension of the music it's incredible and then the music and then the way they used music at the end when the aliens do land and come out and i mean that that's such a moment a pivotal moment in the movie and it would be in real life too if that ever happens where aliens make themselves known like that and the vibe and the mood could go so many different yeah. ways. It could be <laughs> scary. It could get violent. It could get dark. It could get comedic. I mean, right. when you look at the aliens, <laughs> yeah, they look very they're, comedic. they're kind of a little goofy looking <laughs> in a way. But what he did with the music is he gave us this music that was wondrous. 
it was like this one like it just felt like and it was based on also because Roy had that infatuation that was just mentioned kind of offhand, that infatuation with Pinocchio and the when you wish upon a star thing. And John Williams took that and at the end and he built off of that, off the when you wish upon a star, that 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 feeling like that and built this whole score. It's fucking brilliant. It's it's brilliant. And it was the first time even before Star Wars to me and everything, although I'd seen Star Wars first, but it was the first time in my life where a musical score made some kind of impact on me. Yeah. So I was just a kid. I was a kindergartner, you know? But, like, it was the first time where it was like, I want to just listen to that music. Even if I can't see the movie again right now, because it... We, I don't think we even had a, a, a VCR yet, you know. It was it, we got one in '78, so it was yeah. Low. But it was the first time that I can think of where I was like, I want to hear that music again, you know, because I listened to Disney records at the time. I already was getting into some rock and roll and stuff on the radio, but that music to me is like when I think of space, when I think of aliens, when I think of the future, when I think of what could be out there, anything like that. It's like that's the music that plays in my head. You know, when Vito's walking around the warehouse hearing the RoboCop (laughs) music, to me, I'm thinking of that music that John Williams, to me, that is his best score. More than Star Wars, more than Raiders, more than all those other ones. They're all fucking incredible. I'm not putting them down because they're all super duper fucking awesome. But this is just the most awesome to me. So Close Encounters is my number two. And now here we are, folks. Finally, at long last, we are at the number one slot. So I can't wait to see what these are. (laughs) Vito, lay it on them because I already know what it is. I I hope so. (laughs) It's one of two things. Yeah, it could be, I guess, a couple things, but it has to be the one, though. Sure, though. Yeah. Like Muppets Take Manhattan. I knew it. <laughs> Mama, tata, boop, boop, chihuahua. Mama. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I knew it. Well, it's going to come to no surprise that it's motherfucking Terminator 2 Judgment no. Day by Brad Fidel. I mean, oh, my God, on. what? <laughs> I mean, you've only ripped off the soundtrack in our music how many times? Yeah. <laughs> I think every band I've been in, I've used that rhythmic structure for at least seven songs so it's <laughs> and counting yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean seriously you would have to list that if you if people were like what are your inf- like your musical influences like you know to helps you to write for november's doom or Kalis clone or whatever you'd have to list list terminator the yeah, terminator I mean, 2 soundtrack yeah. along with the other bands <laughs> that you love you know like fear factory and you know yeah exactly <laughs> this is actually one of the only soundtracks where I would just listen to it just by itself and not even care about the movie. I just want to hear those those songs and right. the feeling that they give me of watching that movie and, and just, it's amazing, dude. I can't even describe it. Um, his use of synthesizers, mm-hmm. the haunting melody that he has, the fucking heaviness of those rhythms, there's just, it's incredible, man. I don't think I've, I've heard a soundtrack so impactful than this one in my entire life. It's T2. Well, yeah, I get it. That's how I feel about Close Encounters. It's the same idea. 
now the the test is for people go listen to November's Doom song <laughs> and go see out. if you can find all the Terminator 2 Judgment Day soundtrack <laughs> influences in the songs because they are there, man. <laughs> There's been a few times where Vito's played like a riff, and I'm like, that's fucking awesome. What is that? And he's like, fucking Terminator. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, I, I should have known. known. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. It's like, it's like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Terminator 2. I mean, my God, you know, like I that that soundtrack, if I was playing like a match game kind of like game show thing where somebody brings up, you know. Like or like the pyramid, you know, twenty thousand dollar pyramid, and it's like, uh, it's like, all right, uh, Terminator Two Judgment Day soundtrack. It's like things associated with Vito. You won, you know. Dick Clark runs out and gives me fucking money and shit, even though he's dead now. <laughs> anyway, but. Awesome. Yeah. yeah a, lot, a lot of people will say the first one might be better for them, but to mm. me, this is just more refined. And Brad like nailed it. Because even the rhythm in the first one was a little bit different. Because he went for a more, he went for a heartbeat. That's where the dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, that that's where it came from. But yeah. he more like refined it into a more straightforward approach. I think in the second one, I think it works better in my opinion. Yeah, I you think know? that's exactly it. It's more refined. Yeah, it's tighter. the The first one's great. I love the first Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. Everything yeah. about it. No, the soundtrack's better. And then, what do you think about like stuff like "You Could Be Mine," like Guns N' Roses song? Yeah, I, I like that song. Yeah, yeah. it's great. That's a great one. Yeah. To me, that's probably one of the last great GNR songs because then they kind of got a little, I don't know, got a little, <laughs> yeah. they, they lost the plot a little bit after that. Yeah, I thought, I remember seeing the video premiere because the video was them performing live and then intercut with scenes from Terminator and, uh, 2. And Schwarzenegger goes in, he's got to terminate Guns N' Roses and shit. Yeah, yeah, and everything. And it's like, yeah, the, he has a <laughs> it's little It's really cammy. cheesy, but it's, it's cheesy. fucking awesome as hell. It's cheesy, but it's great. It's very 1991, you know, 1990, 91. It's very of its time. And that was also the first, like, because the video came out before the movie did. So that was mm, the first okay. I saw of any okay. of it. And I loved the first Terminator movie. I'd watched it for years. I had it on video and stuff. So I was jazzed for T2 coming out. And it exceeded expectations. Like, it's way better than the first movie in terms of, like, action, in terms of uh, the special effects. So everything was just taken to the next level. So I, I fully support that, number one. And I think... I'm pretty sure Terminator 2 is my first introduction to country music. When he goes into the bar in the beginning, you hear that Dwight Yoakam song in the background. I was like, what is that? That sounds unlike anything I've ever heard before. (laughs) 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 So, yeah. Yeah. It was like a milestone in my life, man. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this right now (laughs) if it wasn't probably for that movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You sure wouldn't have written a lot of fucking songs for That's us true. about that movie. <laughs> Been like, I just can't come up with a riff for this. It's like, have you seen T2? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Megan? Yes? It is time for you to unleash your number one on us. I, I had to. I had to go number one. I had to put it as Labyrinth. David yeah. fucking Bowie, guys. <laughs> Yes, Vito, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> Make that clear, because I wouldn't know if you were saying Oh, my God. <laughs> um, this, yeah. Yeah, this movie, I loved it. It was fantastical. I mean, my sister just 
fell in love with this movie. And David Bowie, he's the sexiest man alive, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my or first dead in serious this case, right? hardcore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so wild. Wow. Jeez. <sighs> my first serious hardcore crush. I'm sure my parents just like, oh my God, really, Megan? Jesus Christ. That this? explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but this is also my introduction to David Bowie. I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he was a famous singer. I didn't know nothing about him. I just loved him in this movie. I loved his voice in this movie. I loved his songs. Mm-hmm. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I still love it, love it, love it. Yeah, you even have labyrinth sounds as your on your phone and stuff. I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my text message, he goes, hello. <laughs> love it. I still have never seen Labyrinth. Mm, that's a shame. Now I've seen some of the scenes from it mm-hmm. and everything. Some of the couple of the song scenes and stuff. It's pretty cool. And the funny thing is, is that I am a massive David Bowie fan. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm super hardcore, obviously, or I would have seen this, but I am a really, really, really big David Bowie fan. I think he's I, or was is was brilliant. But there was I don't know. You know what? It was when it came out. I was a teenager and I was like, really? He's doing this like kitty movie? I was sort of like prejudiced against it, I have to admit. Yeah, I think it was like maybe like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. So it was like perfect. Right. Perfect for me. Is this right. a musical or is it just. It is a it? musical. Okay. He, he sings in it. All right. Yeah, but I mean, it's David Bowie. And he's, I think he's the only one that really sings in it. I don't think anybody Well, other than like other the than Muppets the, and stuff ugh, that are in it, you know? Yeah. But I also love it because as the world falls down, the ballroom scene and everything. Do you guys okay. know who choreographed that whole scene? No. Gates McFadden. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? That's right. Because yeah. she was like a dance choreographer. No shit. No shit. She didn't go by that name. She went by, I think, her real name or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she choreographed the whole thing. Wow. Nice. Beverly cool. Crusher, huh? Yeah, Beverly Crusher. Now, see, if Beverly Crusher would have been in that movie, I would have watched it. <laughs> you never know. She might be one of the masked dancers in that scene. Oh. Yeah. She's showing off her booty. Maybe. Then uh, probably not. They're in big ball gowns. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Hard Sorry, <pass>. guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But this is another one. I hear these songs and I, I can't. I mean, I, I was listening to them and I was like, I started dancing and singing and I was like rocking out to it. I love it. Can't, can't not rock out to it. So. Huh? It makes sense. Yeah. For me, it's it's a hard number one. I can I can see yeah. that. I, I I couldn't understand how Greece couldn't be number one, but now I understand. Yeah, I told you. As soon as you hear number one, now you'll. you'll I understand. think anybody that really knows Megan, like if you say labyrinth, you think like, oh, Megan, you know, like because <laughs> I know we do. We always think of you whenever whenever something <laughs> labyrinth comes up. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think to me. would you guys get me socks for Christmas for yeah. labyrinth socks? Yeah, and we and you've got your labyrinth figure around here somewhere. He's been he's right here there. behind. Me. There you go. Front My center. Jareth's right yep. there. <laughs> yep, hanging out not too far from Robocop <laughs> over there. In all his glory, he is there. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. I chased down the guy at um, Wizard World that was just scared. Uh, yeah, Jareth. yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> See? It has to be number one. Yep. Yep. That's fair enough, man. <laughs> that guy was freaked the fuck out. <laughs> 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 His wig came off yeah. and I tackled him and everything. <laughs> His sock padding moved. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, this isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine that actually like went down like that? Holy shit, that'd be hilarious. If you, can you imagine? Yeah, if we were there and there was some guy dressed as Jared and he had the tight pants on and Megan just went for a total pickle tackle. Like it just totally pickle tackled him and stuff and was like, This isn't the real thing. <laughs> Bullshit. Guy's like, ah Oh my gosh. You you've got more self control than that. A little bit. Okay, no. <laughs> anyway. If it's a convincing Jairus, I, I don't I'm not promising anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think we might have to go to San Diego Comic Con for that. Mm, okay. You know. All right. That's we should. We should go next year to San Diego Comic Con, make that a thing, man. Cause that'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. But so if there's anybody that's planning on cosplaying as Jared, just watch, watch out. out. <laughs> it's just run away. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Keep your package under wraps there. <laughs> All right. My number one. You might say, what the hell could be number one over Close Encounters and Star Wars and Almost Famous, my favorite movie and everything? My number one is for a movie that I do love very much, but it isn't my favorite movie of all time. You know, it's a flawed movie. It, I still love it, but the soundtrack is not flawed at all. I think it's just the most incredible soundtrack, and, and I'm a huge fan of this band as well, and I am talking about 1980s. Flash Gordon. <laughs> the Flash Gordon soundtrack. Now, here's the thing about the Flash Gordon soundtrack. This is my soundtrack that I have playing in my head all the time. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you how many times I listen to this soundtrack. Here's what a fucking cornball I am. <laughs> I put on the Flash Gordon soundtrack when I go to the gym and work out. Wow. Yes. <laughs> And I actually listen when it's like, dun, 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 dun. I listen to those Brian May riffs, dude. Like, to me, it's such a quirky, weird soundtrack in a lot of ways. But, I mean, it was a soundtrack that was created by the rock band Queen. And what was brilliant about it is so many other rock bands, I think, would have just written like a bunch of rock songs you know what i mean or whatever or like the you know or some bad they would have just done kind of the typical thing you know well i mean even if you look at a band like the who and that did tommy and you know rock opera type stuff and it's like they're still essentially just pop songs mm -hmm. rock songs whatever and you know that tell a narrative and everything concept albums all that kind of stuff these guys really went all in and were like no we're gonna score this movie but we're not gonna score it the same way that John Williams does or, or any of those guys, because we're still going to use guitars. We're going to use bass, drums, synthesizers and all this stuff and voices you know, a lot of stuff because Queen were incredible with voices. I mean, listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Hello, somebody to love like the, the, those guys could harmonize like like nobody's business. Then they would use voices and all this stuff. And when you go and you actually listen to that soundtrack and it's also really cool because they included at key times, they included actual dialogue from the movie on the soundtrack record mm -hmm. and stuff. So as a kid, 
I would ride around. I had a red stereo Panasonic eight track player that you had to put like 30 C batteries <laughs> in, you know, to get it to work for like a day. <laughs> and it was this big honking uh, eight track player, but I would tie it to the, the handlebars of my bike, you know, and I would literally ride around my block on my red bicycle playing the battle theme from that <laughs> pretending I was on the Hawkman rocket cycle <laughs> that I was flying blind on a Hawkman rocket cycle. I would, that I would pretend. And I did this a lot. Except now it's a treadmill or it's, or it's an elliptical machine, but I'm right now. Yeah. Dude, calm down. I, I like well, fight out the window. Yeah, she she'll be there, and she's watching. She's like, she's like, man, he's on the elliptical. He's going fast, but it's because Flash is about to crash. He's about to crash Ming the Merciless's shitty wedding to to Dale. He's only got thirty seconds left to save the Earth and to rescue Dale from getting married to Ming. You know, you can't go slow on the elliptical. You got to fucking hustle your ass. You know, you got to get down there. Stab him through the heart, make the ring fall off and all that kind of stuff and save the earth from, you know, imminent destruction from the moon crashing into it. It's important. <laughs> and then he steps off and collapses. <laughs> yeah, just about. Just about. Just about. Yeah. That's that's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like back it up. <laughs> just, just back it up. But um, it, it, it in all seriousness, I. Nobody else has ever touched what they've done with that soundtrack. I've never seen another band do anything to that level. The level of just artistic brilliance in that band. And I mean, most of it largely was Brian May, who I, you know, depending on what day of the week it is, I would say Brian May is my favorite guitar player of all time. Uh, he probably is. He's my favorite guitar player of all time, you know. Even more than Neil Sean? Neil Sean from Journey is very, very close behind. He and David Gilmore are like up there. Randy That's Rhodes. That's a trifecta for Larry right it, there. It is. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. If you, it, I mean, if you told me, I wouldn't want to do this, but if I had to only listen to Neil Sean, Brian May, and David Gilmore for the rest of my life, if or if somebody was like, Okay, you could play guitar, but you can only play like them. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> you know, because that's that covers everything for me. Yeah, Brian May is an absolute fucking genius. Plus, he's a nerd like us. I mean, you know, the guy's into like astronomy. He's 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 basically got he has a degree, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got nice. he's got like degrees and stuff, and he's into all sorts of like super nerdy stuff and everything. He's, he's one of us, one of us, one of <laughs> us. So this soundtrack is so much a part of my life, much like the other four that I listed are, but this one is just the one that out of all the soundtracks, this is the one that I still listen to constantly. I listen to this all the time. I have it on vinyl three times. I have three different pressings of it on vinyl. I have it on 8-track, I have it on cassette, I have it on CD, I have it on Spotify. I always have a copy <laughs> of Flash Gordon. Do you have it on MIDI? No. <laughs> so I guess I'm not that big of a fan. You know, I have this movie. Oh, you blew it. <laughs> I have this movie on store-bought, not just taped, but I have store-bought version of this on Betamax, 
on VHS, on Laserdisc, and on uh, Blu-ray DVD. Wow. I have every, uh, I, this is just, it's my movie, you know, <laughs> and it's my soundtrack. Uh, you know, I don't know. Just it, when I at my funeral or something, if everybody's just like, oh, we don't know what to play, or just just put the, the Flash Gordon <laughs> soundtrack. Send me off that way, you know. The Hawkmen can could, at the end they can write something in the sky like <laughs> like they do like they do at the end, you know. I hemmed and hawed about it because, like I said, I was like, well, Star Wars and Close Encounters and Almost Famous is my favorite movie. Blah blah blah. It I just being honest with myself, I was like. You have to put Flash Gordon as number one, man. Come on, Larry. <laughs> you listen to this all the time. Like, you, you kind of, I'd be okay if this just followed me everywhere. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of like a scene in like Family Guy. Just chip yeah. in your head and yeah. let it play constantly. I show up at a party, you know, like, you know, and the door opens up and it's just like, dun, 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 Fuck you, man. <laughs> Don't hang out with me then, you know. You'll be, you're going to sing a different fucking song when I save every one of us. Although, <laughs> although at least we'd hear them coming. We could run. That's true. Can't run. My rocket cycle will catch up with you. I'll pull out my fucking whip. It's okay. I'll just dance magic dance away. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just be like, she'll be like, all right, I'm out of here. Reach over, grab fucking David Bowie's big old stuff thing and just like take off like a rocket. It's like telling in the wind. <laughs> Pants rocket, take me away. Oh, Vito man. just turns robotically and is like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Anyway, so there it is, folks. That's that's it. That's our top five. Oh, uh, you got any honorable mentions? Any other? Honor- I know we mentioned some along the way, but Vito, do you got any? I've got three because we'll be here all night if I have to listen. <laughs> Seriously, okay. Starship Troopers by Basil Polidorus. Okay. Jurassic Park by John Williams. That's an amazing one. And Interstellar by Hans Zimmer, which is an incredible fucking soundtrack. Yeah, you're a big Hans Zimmer fan. Yeah. Weren't you gonna like take some of those lessons from him? I did was- sign up for his masterclass on masterclass.com, and it's it's cool. It's just not what I was thinking it was gonna be. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it was almost more of like how to become a professional film scorer. It was more like, like I don't want to say more of the business side, but it wasn't as much as like composing than I thought it was going to be, you know. Okay. But it was still cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Learn something. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I think my honorable mentions, we mentioned a couple of them already, is Pulp Fiction and That Thing That You Do. Yeah. And I think I, I'm also going to have to add in Beetlejuice. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and God. the one I grew up with that just, just nearly didn't make it. Yeah. So, yeah, Beetlejuice. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Even when you were talking about Elfman earlier, yeah. that's another great one. See, it's so hard to like remember mm-hmm. movie scores, but then when someone else mentions, you're like, oh, like, oh fuck, damn. I should have put that on the goddamn list. You know? Yeah, and that's the whole point of doing this. That's why I wanted to do this is to give attention to something that people don't a lot of times think consciously about, but it's so important. You know, and it's so different for everybody. It's like each person is different. Yeah, look how different how, our lists are. Yeah. Well, real quick, I already mentioned some honorable mentions earlier and stuff. I mean, Purple Rain was on my list, and we mentioned that earlier. Another one that 
could have easily been in my top five is another John Williams, which is Superman the movie from 1978. I was wondering where that was going to end up. Dude, I mean, (laughs) I mean, come on. Again, that's another one with dun 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 dun. dun. I mean, (laughs) that's Superman. They've written all different kinds of scores over the years for these later Superman movies. No, 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 no. I, I couldn't even tell you how those go. No. You know? I mean, it says, the music says Superman. <laughs> I mean, that's the brilliance of John Williams and everything. That that soundtrack, that's another one where that movie, I, I felt like... Even I, says Son of Jarell in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> as important as it is to Superman, I felt like it just was slightly less than Star Wars and, and uh, Close Encounters, so I left it as an honorable mention. And then ironically, I just realized this now, my other honorable mention is another Christopher Reeve movie, but it's not a Superman movie. It is 1980s, Somewhere in Time. We talked about that in our time travel. Yes, we did. The music in that movie, I mean, that's another one where the music is a character because... So many things happen in that movie based around that piece of Rachmaninoff music, you know, when, you know, uh, when he recognizes the music from the old lady's music box and says, wait a minute, that's my favorite music of all time. How is it that this connection and then he sings it to her, he hums it to her back when he goes back in time and then and it's it's such a thing there. Um, And it's I mean, that's one of my favorite piano pieces of all time is that Rachmaninoff uh, theme on a a Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. And then John Barry composed the rest of the original score. And it's, you know, John Barry's just incredible. And um, I mean, again, that's another movie where that movie wouldn't be the same for me without that soundtrack. And it's another one where I listen to that soundtrack all the time. Mm -hmm. I listen to that soundtrack probably few times a month maybe you know a lot of times when i'm trying to relax or if i put it on the background you know if i'm doing something else or whatever but i mean it it, again if the if if there would have been more justice this could have been in my top five but at the very least it had to be honorable mention and and one last one that i want to mention one (laughs) last one (laughs) that's well it's kind of still on the same theme from 1980 is the soundtrack to excalibur the movie Excalibur. That's another one. The way they use kind of like how he used Rachmaninoff in this and Excalibur, they use um, Wagner and everything. They, they, they use that to great effect. They use a couple different things in there. And that's another movie where the music helps really helps tell the story. It gets so epic. I can't, I couldn't watch that movie without that Wagner the ring of Nebelung or whatever it is mm-hmm. music in there. It has to be in there. So that's another one I highly recommend, but there's, there's tons we could go on. Conan, <laughs> uh, all sorts of shit, man. There's just so many, this could go on and on and on, but we don't have all night. So maybe we'll do a part two. Uh, maybe not, but <laughs> we would love to hear more from you. What yeah, did keep you th- those coming? Yeah, what did you think of our top five in comparison to what you would choose? Uh, how would you have ranked them? Would you have ranked them at all? We want more comments just because we've done the show. It doesn't end there. Please let us know. One of our favorite things about doing this is the interaction we have with all of you. So make sure you comment here. 
Uh, if you're listening to this on whatever platform that you listen to a podcast on, or if you're checking this out on YouTube, leave comments. If you are part of our Geeking Squad group on Facebook, definitely go in there, post stuff, post links. I'd love, there's stuff that I'm sure we're going to slap our foreheads about <laughs> like, oh, damn. and be like, oh my God, how did we not think of that one? So let us know. And uh, yeah, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. This was a really fun one. So first time we've really delved into anything music related on our show. We've threatened it for years that we're <laughs> we're going to get more into, you know, me and Vito are music guys. Meg loves music, but we've just never found the right vehicle. So this was a nice <laughs> way to dip our toe into talking more about music stuff. And if you enjoyed that, let us know that too, and we'll talk more about it. But on that note, I think you need to cue the epic ending music. <laughs> oh no, you, you know, guys. We need to <laughs> oh, no. have the epic ending music where we all look off into the sky and look at each other like, yeah, like job well done. You know, we saved the day and just kind of give you the big wave and say, see you in the sequel in three years, folks. <laughs> bye bye. Adios. <laughs> see ya. And three, two, one, drop. <laughs> <laughs>